down in front. Oh, oh, those ten films. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. Welcome to Old Fogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. We have Ruth, Eric, Pahad. Takia. And me, Shelly. And today we also have a special guest, Mr. Shelly himself. Sure. <laughs> this episode we're discussing my pick, 1998's The Big Lebowski by the Coen Brothers. And now I am going to give a short plot description. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about what I thought about the movie. And then I'm going to call on everybody else. And you're going to go too. Oh my God. Did you do your homework and watch the movie? I did. I, I did. Well, Stuart had seen this movie before. I'm a bad student though. <laughs> you guys watched it separately? We watched it separately. We, we did. She she won't allow me to speak to, to her about it. It's a very sacred, holy time when she watches it. <laughs> That's right. I had never seen this movie, but I'd heard it referenced a lot. And I'd heard um, other podcasts, not movie podcasts, but like um, other podcasts that I listen to, they have referenced it, other radio shows. So I decided to pick this movie. Um, and it is about Jeff Lebowski, or as he prefers to be called, the dude. Um, he has his apartment broken into at the beginning of the movie and he is roughed up and his carpet is peed on, which is very upsetting to him. So he goes, he finds out that this was a, a case of uh, mistaken identity and that they were looking for a millionaire with the same name uh, Jeff Lebowski, or he is the big Lebowski. Um, so the dude goes to the big Lebowski's house to try to get his carpet paid for because he's very upset that his carpet was peed on and he feels like it was his fault. Um, so he ends up getting a new carpet or taking a carpet from the big Lebowski's house. So from there, the Big Lebowski's wife is kidnapped, or he, the Big Lebowski asks the dude to be the one to exchange the money for um, his wife, kind of to be um, for the ransom exchange. And so the rest of the movie goes from there, um, and you find out who has um, kidnapped his wife who is a young Tara Reed, which I was surprised to see. And she looked so pretty. It was before lots of um, plastic surgery was done, I believe. Um, so yeah, that is the short synopsis I'm going to give. So I um, don't give away every single plot point, but I am going to talk about the movie myself first, and then I'm gonna call on um, 
calling you. So My God. get ready. Okay. I enjoyed the movie. I liked it a lot. I loved all of the characters in it. Jeff Bridges did amazing. Like he is, I could have watched a, a complete series with him as the, um, as the main character because he just played that role perfectly. And then everybody was part. I mean, there were just so many actors in this movie that um, that were amazing. Steve Buscemi, John Goodman's character, Walter. I loved him. And Tara Reid, as I mentioned. Who, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like there were just so many and they all played all of their characters perfectly. I thought the story, the, I loved the movie. And then when you get to the end, I was like, didn't love the ending because I felt like it was like building up all the way. And then all of a sudden it just sort of was like the, the end happened and nothing happened. And then Donnie died, which I didn't understand why, but then I did think it was funny that Sam Elliott's character came on and he kind of said everything that I was thinking. So that kind of wrapped it up nicely. But overall, I enjoyed this movie. I found it hilarious. And now I'm going to call on you because there's no good. Stewart's. All right. Stewart's. Yes. Okay. So, you know, keying in kind of on what Shelly was saying, I, I, the, the casting was done really well in this movie. Uh, truth be told, I'm a, I'm a huge Coen, brother, Coen Brothers fan. Um, a Brother Where Art Thou is one of my favorite movies. No Country for Old Men is one of my favorite movies. And, and Big Lebowski, frankly, I've only seen once and it was probably 15 years ago. The, Are you saying you didn't watch it again? No, no. I watched, I watched it again. <gasps> Marital Strife? Oh, my God. It's just <laughs> so, so, so hard. Um, no, it, it was, it, it's a great movie. The humor is really, esoteric is the wrong word, but it's, it, it's not the type of humor that I think everybody would really dive into, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's funny because when you brought up the ending of the movie and, and you're absolutely right that it kind of builds and then builds and then it just sort of dies. But I think that is in keeping with the character himself where it's this slacker who kind of doesn't really care what's going on. He can be going through the most intense situation and he it just kind of ends and that's that's sort of the ending of the movie too it's it was funny i thought because there were nihilists in the movie the movie itself was kind of a story on nihilism in the sense that like there's no point to it i mean there was this uh, there was no character arc nobody really changed everybody's the same but that's not a bad thing um, the dude himself is just this example of like absolute slacker, no, no motivation, no ambition, but he's so relatable and he's so Jeff Bridges just does such a good job. He becomes this character and you really buy into him and you like him. Um, it's the humor again is, is quite good. This, the scene where, they're talking to the, the pornographer and he's on the phone and he goes over and scribbles the pence, his pencil on the paper. And it's this Just try to see really, what? yeah, this really graphic <laughs> stick figure of a guy with just an enormous erection. And it's the funniest thing. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, look, I, I love the movie. I thought the casting was really good. I thought the humor is right up my alley. And uh, it's one of those things where you would want to introduce it to a friend because it's such a weird movie. They've got that dream sequence where they're all dancing. It's very odd. Acid uh, flashback. Yeah. But um, yeah, John Goodman was the highlight for me. Uh, he's very, very funny. But uh, I, I'm a big fan of the movie and I thought it was done quite well. Thank you, Stuart. I'm going to call on Fahad because you're next. I had never seen the movie before, so this was my first time watching it. Um, I didn't really know exactly what to expect um, because I'll be honest, the only thing I really knew about this movie was a reference that they made in Avengers Endgame to Bro Thor and the way he was dressed where Tony called him Big Lebowski. Um, <laughs> so that's really the only context I had around this movie. Um, See, now so, you can appreciate a Marvel movie even more. I can. I, I was actually looking at my Marvel legend for that Thor. And I was like, I could basically customize it to make it the dude action figure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, going to the movie itself, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a fun adventure. Um, it reminded me of, even though it didn't take place in one crazy night, it still reminded me of those types of movies. Um, similar to what we were talking about with Do the Right Thing. There's that, those style, those types of movies like Dude, Where's My Car? Like this thing that happens and they go on these adventures, they meet these crazy people, they get into these wacky situations that a normal person would never get into and they get into like 20 million of them on one night. Um, so this movie was kind of like that just over the span of, you know, some time, not just one night. But um, it's just like you're, you sit there and you watch this movie and you're thinking of like all the easy ways they can get out of the situations they're in, but they just never do. And oftentimes I think it just comes down to uh, the dude's lackadaisical way of just doing things. He just doesn't care enough to get out of the situation. He's like, okay, whatever. Okay, that just happened. Okay, now this. Um, but uh, the, I agree with Shelley and Stewart. The cast was really... It was a great cast full of a lot of actors that I just wouldn't have expected to pop up. Um, I have not really seen too many movies, I guess, with Jeff Bridges in it. Um, so in the movies I've seen, I always felt like he played the serious person or like the villain. He was the villain in Iron Man. So I never really thought of him as being this kind of a, a character um, to play this kind of a, um, a slacker type person and have this kind of dry, humorous kind of a vibe to him. Um, so I was not expecting that. Um, John Goodman, I was, uh, it's just weird hearing him curse up a storm. I'm like, I guess Dan would do that on Roseanne in real life, you know, if they allowed cursing on ABC. So I was like, I guess I shouldn't be so shocked, but uh, it was very interesting. Um, Julianne Moore, I thought was wonderful. And so just, just crazy. Everything was crazy. All the surprise, uh, random people that were in it. Um, I just looked right before we started chatting and I saw that Flea was one of the, the guys. Yes. And then, yeah, and I was like, I did not pick that up while watching it. And I was like, I should have been able to, I just didn't. Um, and then Eric and I just kind of nodded to each other right before starting that uh, this guy who plays Lucifer, as in Satan, on Supernatural was also one of the thugs in the movie. So I need to go back and look at that. But um, it was just a wacky adventure which made it enjoyable to watch. I like those kinds of movies where they just constantly get into trouble. You think they're out of it. Nope, something else happens. You think you're out of that. Nope, something else happens. 
And it's just ridiculous stuff that happens. I mean, a little teenager is the one who stole the car. And, you know, and then they go and bash his car that they think it's his car that he bought with the money that they think he stole. But it was the poor neighbor's car. And it's just everything. That's bad crazy. was in an iron lung. That was just like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's such a wacky adventure, wacky characters all along the way. Um, and uh, yeah, so overall, I thought it was a fun movie to watch. Um, I, I appreciated the humor. It's not like slapstick comedy. It's not like, you know, those types of typical comedies. It does, you do have to focus to appreciate the kind of comedy and the absurdity that the movie uh, has. That's it for me. For now. All right. For now. For now. Eric? Me! Yay! <laughs> oh, Shelly, I think you're being sexist. You're really front-loading the men here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the men here. Um, yeah, so, uh, I have seen it before, but I guess it was a long time ago and I barely remember the details of something I watched one month ago. So it was almost completely fresh to me, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, I remembered a lot of the moments, but not necessarily the full plot. If you can call it a plot, I, I think it it's very delightful, but kind of pointless, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I, I think some of you have touched on and, um, I thought that that, uh, I, I guess there's a little bit of that with all Coen Brothers projects is it, it's, they're almost always like about the, 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 the absurdity of human experience and the meaninglessness of things. When you, I, I like what uh, Stuart brought up about him um, doing the, the sketch on the notepad next to the phone uh, at uh, Treehorn's house, expecting there to be something profound there. And it's right. just a picture of a dick and it is like, that's life for you. You're looking for something really important and you get a picture of a dick. So <laughs> I enjoyed that. I, I like that um, it's, it's uh, I guess it's about a character, you know, Little Lebowski, if you want to call him that, the dude. He's just, he has no anchor in life. And so he's basically just subject to the whims of everything around him. He's like a boat on the ocean uh, and it, he can't control what happens to him or where he goes. Um, he's got, you know, he's got no relationship. He's got no job. So there's really nothing that, that holds him down. Like maybe other characters in similar situations where they've really got something they need to like prove or take care of. He just does nothing. So he just goes wherever the wind blows and is subject to all these other crazy LA types. <clears throat> I also like that it's kind of an LA movie. There's, uh, it, it covers like all the bases. Like this is LA. There's a lot of weird people here doing weird things. Um, it's a crazy town, but you've got people like the dude too, who just, you know, uh, you know, smoke pot and don't have a job and lays around uh, on the beach. Um, and and I, so I guess based on that, it's, uh, I, I hadn't thought about it before, but I guess it's, it, it is a little bit about nihilism. There are nihilists in the movie, but it's a little bit about nihilism too, because it's all kind of meaningless. And so I also agreed with Shelley how I was a little let down when we start getting towards like the denouements at the end of the film where you, you're expecting some sort of you know, climax or resolution or conclusion, but kind of like it all just kind of falls apart and then Donnie dies. And it's like, well, what, what was all that about? Everything had just happened. Like, did it mean anything? <laughs> Does it make any point for the dude or any of the people he knows? And, uh, and I guess it's, it's just the last big joke in the movie is that Donnie dies because Donnie, that poor guy, uh, gets no respect the whole movie. I mean, I don't know how many times John Goodman says, shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> and, and, just, he, he, the, the, and then of course he has a heart attack when he, and he never gets to experience what, what John Goodman's, uh, what was John Goodman's character's name? Walter. Walter. 
what Walter and the dude are really up to. And when he finally does, confronted with the nihilists and they've got weapons and stuff and they're saying crazy crap, he has a heart attack and dies. I guess that was meant to be like a big joke about how, another joke about how nothing really matters and you're just gonna die and it doesn't mean anything. So um, I probably rattled on too much. It made me, it made me, that like kind of upset me because then in the next, he was just bowling, just talking to, um, I mean, after they scatter his ashes, then he's just back to bowling and he's talking to, but did Sam Elliott's character have a name? The stranger is technically his. The stranger. Then it was just like, and he's just like, yeah, it happened. You know, he was not upset. Like it was just, Eh, nothing it doesn't matter yeah I, I i was really convinced for about 30 seconds when donnie after donnie dies and they go to that big play you know institution and they're sitting at that desk with that man i thought that he was going to read a will and reveal that donnie was a millionaire and had <laughs> left all his money to them at, because they'd spent part of the movie like chasing this million dollars or walter did at least saying we should get it for ourselves or try to you know uh what's the word extort this guy for for more or something uh but it didn't it was just handing over ashes again just meaningless horrible nonsense and then you get a 180 dollar credit card bill for the urn <laughs> it's just piling on you know slight after slight uh and it's especially funny because i guess uh the dude is somebody who's tried to sort of extricate himself from life like that he wants to just, he tried to remove himself from it. Like, I don't need any of your nonsense. I don't want to be a part of anyone's bullshit. But he gets to be, in this movie, part of basically everybody in LA's bullshit. Uh, so that's funny too. <laughs> it's exactly what he doesn't want. Uh, okay, I'm going to stop there. And you can Hey, Eric, Eric, I just wanted to say, I had the exact same thought when after Donnie died and they show like the place, I thought it was going to be like a lawyer reading out the will. And I thought that it was the exact same thing that he was a millionaire and he left his money to his two best friends, which I thought was yeah. ironic considering how mean they were to him. Um, and it would have, you know, to Shelley's point, it would have at least made his death make like have a point in the movie, but it just didn't. He just but it was, well, it was even worse in the sense that he, I guess, didn't have life insurance or something to pay for yeah. his cremation. And all. What is this crematorium they went to? I mean, it looked like a giant like, law firm, like the oldest law firm in New York City. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting because there are so many parts of this movie that could be cut and it wouldn't affect the, the story as a whole. The entire part with, with, um, with Donnie dying oh, could, Don, could yeah. go. Oh, yeah. The him getting Julianne Moore pregnant could be cut like there's all these that's one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite that, books, so. that, that could be cut and and the fact that he's just such a I, I think you you described it well Eric where it's like he's a ship on the learning just kind of goes where the winds belong that that's the movie itself that like it can go it, it doesn't even matter it can go wherever they chose to leave those things in they had no real purpose they didn't drive the story at all there's no resolution to them um but but the character himself the dude is just such a like go with the flow guy that the movie itself becomes this go with the flow thing at the end yeah all right ruth you're up next all right um so i don't want to put a damper but i wasn't a big fan of it (laughs) 
I'm one of those people, I guess. Um, I thought it was kind of fun too, but I guess my thing is that like, I don't know if it, what's up with me, but maybe like, I like that it was kind of like carefree and fun, but I guess maybe my issue is the same thing that y'all liked about it. I guess I didn't really like, there wasn't really a plot and it's just kind of went on and then yeah you have like you build up to the end and then nothing really happens so i'm kind of like all right that's cool you know <laughs> this could be a, a lot more uh, uh, complex i mean it's not just it might not be just such a simple uh you know but um but yeah i thought it was cool to see like tara reed and um john goodman and um uh what's his face the guy that was, he was at Jeff Bridges. He was in True Grit, also the new one. Yep. Okay. Yep. I was like, he looks True Grit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like Julia, Julianne Moore and Steve, B Bush, I don't know, Bushimi or Bushimi, yeah. however you say his name, just he's, he was funny. He just makes me think of when he's in like all those Adam Sandler movies too, which is kind of fun. <laughs> the, the lipstick guy. I yeah, I, that's that's <laughs> in like just a couple years. It's like I'm glad I called that guy. <laughs> um, and then so when he goes, well, of course the, those guys go in and pee on his carpet. Um, and then he goes to see Big Lebowski, and he um wants him to for the ransom to give him the money and stuff. I don't. Maybe I'm just I was confused too. Did he actually have the money or was he? with it or no or was that the whole thing that he ended up just wanting his wife killed off i feel like they don't actually tell us for sure right like walter and the dude have a theory yeah but yeah. we don't really ever find out if it's true because the theory was there was no money in the bag it was just phone books the theory was he just wanted to get rid of his wife if, you know but i don't know I, I, I don't know i felt like the way that the big lebowski reacted to them when they we're saying like there's no money in there made me think like that was actually accurate that there was no money in there um that he was trying to get the these people off his back yeah and he was trying to do it using the funds for you know like he was trying to he was oh i can't my brain just went completely mush sorry um, <laughs> he was just trying he to stole from his own charity well, well, he made it seem like, yeah, he, he didn't. Uh, to, to pay off, what was he, it, the, the pornographers the who were supporting them? I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> it got so convoluted. Yeah, that it got very convoluted, but I don't think there was actually money. My whole point is there was no money in the case. I guess there was just no point, so it didn't matter. Like, yeah. it didn't matter if we don't know. I guess maybe that's the joke. We're all like. Yeah. It's okay, our, Fahad, because there's always money in the banana state. <laughs> well it's just, at least they make it clear with like you see tara reed all of a sudden driving off because at first you're not sure if it's really if she's really um been caught but then obviously they make you know you get to see her toe yeah it's intact so and then also you think well maybe it is like a scam too because the lady that's part of their like what is it the annihilus or something like that she's the one Nihilist. who got her toe cut off so. Yeah, actually, did you recognize her? No. Uh-uh. That's Amy Mann. The the singer? Yeah, from, from the band Till Tuesday, and then her solo stuff. Was it uh, Paul Thomas Anderson? So she did a lot of the soundtrack for Magnolia, his movie. Hmm. I did not recognize her. That, that was Tom Cruise's movie. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's a... And so actually, had... Julianne Moore that in the movie, too. Okay. 
I don't know. But so we had two musicians, Amy Mann and Flea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it was him, Flea. And then the working together. The guy that um was on the other opposing team on the bowling team, and this is the only way I can think of to to describe him because he looks familiar. And maybe you guys already said who he was. The one who like licks the bowling ball. Yeah, <laughs> we, we just a few weeks ago watched one of his movies. <laughs> his first movie. It's a uh, wait, wait, wait. That was John Turturro's first movie? It was one of his first movies. I had read it uh, when I was reading about something else about him. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah do, the, do the right thing. That was, um, he's Pino, the asshole brother. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. But, you know, you saw him being like a regular person there, and this is him being the Coen Brothers version of John Turturro. <laughs> Weird <laughs> <and> idiosyncratic. <laughs> All right, right Takia. You're up. Uh, maybe it wasn't his first movie. I, I read somewhere, maybe it was like one of his first major roles, but he had been in like other movies. It was a lot of people's first like major film, right? Yeah. Anyway, Takia. Yes. Sorry if you saw me talking while Ruth was talking. Cam climbed out his crib again for the second time. Uh -oh. So we're gonna, we got a little skate artist now. So we got to figure out, is he time for a big boy bed or what? That's not gonna be any better. We'll climb out of that. So we're now we gotta figure out what to do. Anyway, <laughs> I need a. I think you need a doggy crate. <sighs> I, I feels oh, like God. it. <laughs> or lock his lock his door or something. I don't know. The I'll be asking for. If you have any yeah, escape artist yeah. kids, what do you guys do for escape artists? <laughs> we we usually just spank them. Yeah. <laughs> Drug them. <laughs> a, little, a little whiskey they, on the gums. Don't get out. Um, I don't know that we've had anybody that's really gotten out. If they get in bed with us, then that's where they just leave because no one wants to get up and move them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes sense. All right. Um, all right. Um, I like this movie. Um, are, are, are we ready? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I like this movie. Um, it got kind of a, um, I don't know why. I thought about Quentin Tarantino when I saw this. It wasn't even like that over top. The cursing was kind of over top. Maybe that's why I um thought about Quentin Quint Tarantino movies because he is like I had a weird stuff you think about, but it had, he has I lots of meaning there. Too. I do the, the sort of exploitive uh, scenes, exploitive yes. moments. Yes. I liked I liked it when they when the guy said to him told him about how he <laughs> curses a lot, and he's like, "What the fuck are you even talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um. <laughs> I don't know if I split my side laughing. Like, I mean, I, I can see people have, have this would be a comedy, uh, the, the, the comedy action. I can't say, like I said, I, I, that was in stitches laughing, but it, it was, there's some humorous parts. Um, and yeah, it was kind of interesting that Steve Buscemi's character seemed kind of pointless because they just kept on telling him basically shut up and like, okay, does he have a, you know, he did, he, was, he felt, his whole character felt pointless. He just, bold with them it was a friend their friend and then it was kind of like is there any other character development there besides just being told to be to shut up <laughs> stay in your lane or that type of stuff so that was kind of weird but um i like the acting uh, it was um good uh good cast like someone mentioned earlier kind of all-star cast there um i think what else uh oh i like the idea of the because uh, they had the, the adventure something happening and then like they're trying to you know, they get into, like you mentioned, Fahad, they, they get into all these, um, like, pitfalls and 
these situations where they're either being chased by someone or something's being smashed or someone's being beat up or something. So yeah, that was kind of fun to watch kind of sequence of things happening that kind of made for kind of a, kind of a humorous action film. Um, I was excited to, and this is what sounds so nerdy. I, I, I was excited to see um, David Huddleston. He was the, he was uh, the big Lebowski. He was in my favorite movie as a kid, Santa Claus, the movie. Did anyone... <laughs> Wait, was he Santa Claus? Yes, he was Santa Claus. Oh my <laughs> fucking God. Yes. That's one yes, of my yes. favorite Christmas movies. Me? And I knew the name David Huddleston, but I didn't look it up. I was just like, well, I don't quite recognize him. So I probably just remember the name from something random. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was like, I was in everyone else is quiet on here so i'm thinking no one else saw the same no i saw that i was just thinking he was the only one on there that i didn't recognize so that now i know that he was known as well so he wasn't just a completely unknown (sighs) yeah i don't know if i've seen it i I don't remember i know santa claus yeah i didn't place or what was not the santa claus santa claus the movie santa claus movie yeah 1985 on lithgow Oh, what was his name? Little short British guy. Why can't it? It's not coming. Dudley, oh, Dudley, Moore. Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a complete nerd when it comes to certain like random films. So like I was really excited to hear even to hear his voice. Like, oh, that's Santa Claus. So that was cool. <laughs> I'm was excited fun. that you love that movie. We need to have a date next December. Yes, we do. <laughs> we. <are. laughs> I don't so think anyway, Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. It's um. Yeah, I'm trying to think what, what else I had about the movie. I left my notes in the other room, but um, yeah, overall, uh, like I, said, I don't know if I, it was one that I would, because um, one of those kind of like like 50 cult classic films, I think, I, or maybe I saw that somewhere, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd see that again. Like, there's other movies that I feel like I would um, like have to drop everything just to watch, but it was good for what I saw. Like, I, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, enjoyed the action, wondering what's going to happen next, and uh a good use yeah. of just of just two hours of your life, but no. Yeah. You know, you have some movies. Like I said, you drop everything. You could be cleaning, cleaning something or cooking, and you just drop everything, and we gotta watch it. Okay. I wouldn't say this was a movie for that, but I guess I did enjoy watching it. So for what it was, well, yeah. To you and Ruth, I would say I have heard that this movie is a lot of fun to watch high. So you might try that. Oh, okay. <laughs> for me, maybe get drunk. <laughs> Oh, I find that very interesting because I was thinking while I was watching it, well, if this were on TV, I would definitely watch, like, I would watch this again. I find it a movie that I would watch again. Um, So I just always find that interesting what other people, you know, everybody's taste is different. But I also, I did find it hilarious. Like, there were some things that he said that I was like, I was laughed so hard when he said, do you want another drink? And he said, does the Pope shit in the woods? I found that. So uh, yeah, that was, funny. like I said, it has some good, some, there was some good humor there. I, I laughed a couple of moments there. I just wasn't like I said, some people, not they didn't laugh the entire movie. I, like, <laughs> I also yeah. love when, I love when people make responses like that to, do you want something? But the response, like the Pope does not shit in the woods. No, so, so, yeah, <laughs> he's saying no, but he's like, it's like, what? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna interpret that you do want this drink, but that's not right. <laughs> I did like the um, the, the dream sequences. Those are fun because um, I like stuff like that. It's, it's creative. It's like, yeah, kind of the randomness. Of I just it. saw, I just saw in an interview that apparently, um, when Jeff Bridges does a movie, he likes to pick like a day to invite his wife and kid to come on oh, set. 
And for some reason he picked that day. And while, when they were on set, he realized, why did I ask them to come on the day that I'm shooting surrounded by these beautiful women and I'm going to be sent under their legs to look up at their vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that, yeah. He was like, no, that wasn't a smart decision. (laughs) (laughs) That was weird, but I I guess I like like the flow of the whole thing, the whole dream thing. That that, that was, that was just kind of a fun to watch. He was a little person at one point, remind me of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, (laughs) so yeah, it, it was, um, I think it might have been my favorite moments of it, because of the, the creativeness of it, of like the, the randomness of the dream sequences. So like every time he got hit or knocked out, he's dreaming about something weird. So yeah. All right, so now I have to know. So I, I'm guessing Ruth is going to be a no, you would not watch this again? Uh, <laughs> no. Probably not. <laughs> would you watch this movie again? Like if it were on, would you make an effort to turn it off or would you keep it on and like keep it on in the background like me eric oh me. Oh, okay. yeah. oh yeah yeah well i was just gonna say uh based on what you're saying about how ruth and shelly or ruth and uh Takia responded but then also how you responded i'm kind of with you where i think um i mean there's something very comfortable about it like a very yeah. old recliner and and part of that is it's definitely by design and part and a big part of that is the character uh, the dude himself, which is just like the most relaxed. I mean, I could see, yeah, if it was just on, I'd be like, uh, okay. And and I'd enjoy it because it's very delightful without being, it's not stressful at all. Like there's not a, there's not usually any serious drama or urgency to what's going on. It's just kind mm-hmm. of entertaining the situation he finds himself yeah, in. Yeah, you can turn it on at any point and just watch. You, you can watch it so- without having to spend too much for actually paying attention to it yeah true when when i um i had read like a synopsis about it but and i saw that his name was the dude i thought that is so stupid like before i'd watch that is so dumb and then when i watched it i'm like oh okay i see like he's dude like dude dude like it was like the name is too much propriety for him (laughs) Oh, God, I have to know if you would watch, like, are you on the, I would never watch this again, or if, eh, I could. I am team Stuart, Shelley, and Eric, where it's, it's a very easy to have on in the background kind of a movie. Yeah. It's not something you, like you said, you need to focus on. It's something that at any point, if it's, if it's playing and you start watching it at any point, it doesn't matter. You haven't seen the first parts of it. Because there's so many random things that doesn't start on it. Uh, I'm assuming that um, um that you're gonna be on. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I would. This is the type of movie where I wouldn't necessarily seek it out, but if it's on, I'm gonna just let it play, and yeah, you know, I'm gonna do whatever else I'm doing. And to your point, Fahad, you, it's great to have on in the background, and you can chuckle at it, and it it is a very comfortable, relaxed. It's there's a handful of Christmas vacation. There's movies that I have that are like that where you can just kind of jump in and it doesn't matter where or when and you can enjoy it. Yeah. I, I will say there are some there are some movies where they're like in the same kind of category, except I have to sit and watch them. I do want to sit and focus on them just because I love them so much. I wouldn't say that this is one where I need to sit and just focus the entire time. It can just be in the background. It'll be fun. But then there's other movies that I'll say, if it's on, I'll sit and like, I'll just watch it. Like any of the Scream movies, 
If they're playing, I'm just going to sit, stop whatever I'm doing and just watch what's actually happening. That's Benjamin yeah. Button. <laughs> Benjamin Button? Uh, yeah, every single co- podcast, you got a name drop. Benjamin. <laughs> I know. I know. I love God. There, there, yeah, there's a few it's movies. Fun. It Takes Two with the Olsen twins. That's another yes. one. <laughs> That's the one. Okay. <laughs> oh, I want to say, though, what Fahad just said just about um, just being able to jump in anywhere and it's still really enjoyable and you let it go. I think that's really a criteria for a cult movie, though, is it yeah, really doesn't yeah. even matter. Like, you don't yeah, need to, like, start at the beginning and hit the end. Like, any point, like, even just a scene out of out of it taken out of context, every single moment, you're like, I love every moment of this and I, I don't need to see it fully. Yeah. Uh, and I think that would probably describe a lot of cult movies and or at least why people are fans of them yeah so i have a question for everybody because i was putting myself in his place during this as well if somebody broke into your house and tried to beat you up for money and it was the case of mistaken identity and somebody had already just peed on your your nice carpet that pulls the room together (laughs) um and then you find out that the person they were really after was this really rich millionaire guy and they were actually meaning to go after him, but they came to you by accident. Would you feel like, you know, I need to go to the real person that they were going after and just try to ask for money back or something because it kind of is his fault. Um, and he's a millionaire, so why should it matter? So would, would you all go back to the big Lebowski and say, hey, this is what happened. And do you think you could, you know, buy me a new carpet? because I can't afford one. Not not only would I not do that, when I was getting my head shoved in the toilet, I wouldn't be so double may care with just the, oh man, don't pee on my carpet. Like it, 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 I would- oh, I, love that, I love that I, it I mean, says, I think it's down there somewhere. Like there, there, it, would, it would be- <laughs> It would be blood everywhere. Like I can't, the, the fact that he's just like, oh man, go for it again. It's in there somewhere. Just, yeah. he's this character who can just go with anything. Uh, no, I would feel uncomfortable asking for the carpet that someone peed on. <laughs> Shelly, what about you? Oh, I would definitely go ask for the, he peed my on my carpet. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, when he was doing that, I was thinking. Oh my God. That was so stressful. That's so disgusting. I could not. You know, I would go find the other Shelly Felvey and try to get the carpet. This is your episode. Your Ruth, what about you? Um, I don't. Of course, I would want to. I don't really think I would go. Go. I don't think I would do that. I'm not always big in confrontation, so I probably wouldn't go. <laughs> Eric. Well, let's. Let's all be honest. I think all of us are probably the type of people that if that really happened in real life, we would just call the cops and say, some people broke in and peed on my carpet and beat me up. What, what is going on? But I think it's, it's part of uh, the dude's whole philosophy that he doesn't, he doesn't want to get tangled up in other people's bullshit, that he's not going to call the cops. He's just, it actually is Walter that convinces him, you should go demand a carpet from the guy who was supposed to be attacked by these people. And he's like, okay, I'll do that. Uh, but then he gets tangled up in other people's bullshit because he listened to Walter, who's the biggest idiot ever. <laughs> yeah, never listen to him for advice. Never uh, listen to Walter. You? Takia? I, I would, yeah. You, you destroy my carpet, yes, I would. Well, he didn't destroy the carpet, right? It was yeah. the people looking for him that destroyed it. Oh, I see something. Uh-oh. Ow. Mm. That's a tough one. Mm. It wasn't a high pile. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! I guess it was a tough one. <laughs> I mean, you could get it washed, but yeah, 
I guess I, I guess I would not think about it. I guess I wouldn't because I guess it wasn't his fault. They were looking for someone different. So. I will say I was yeah. really impressed with how the dude handled it when the guy was obviously going to be very difficult about it. He just told the assistant, oh, yeah, he said I could take any, any yeah. and they just walk out with it. I was like, oh, that is that is smart. That, that is was the best part of that yeah, incident there. Um, yeah, I think I would I think I would want to go ask for money or something just but I think I would explain it in a completely different way than the dude did the dude kind of sat there and you know gave off like he's kind of entitled to get the new carpet and to get it like hey so what are you doing like give me the carpet come on um I would have approached it a completely different way hopefully tried to explain in a very nice way what happened and you know the case mistaken identity led to this you know I think it'd be really nice if you could help me out but I don't know then again I hate confrontation as well so I probably would just complain to everybody else about it and not actually go do anything <laughs> but i do have a lot of pee spray in my closet for grayson so i, I would just clean sometimes it up sometimes me no <laughs> <laughs> no accidents yet <laughs> well Stuart, any anybody have anything they'd like to discuss further i kind of want to talk about style of humor because I, I i can tell that taki and ruth didn't quite um get into it but it seems like the other of us did i'm stuttering now but okay uh, i kind of i kind of like the way it was very 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 subtle and often situational so it's not just like you know joke punchline you know somebody makes a crack it's more like you know like the whole shut up donny thing like that becomes a recurring thing and the first time you're like oh rude but by the fifth time it's hilarious because it's happened five times and, and that's very smart script writing to me. And, and so I, I liked those. Oh, and um, my favorite that I mentioned earlier, I think is after he sleeps with Julianne Moore's character, uh, the big Lebowski's daughter. Uh, and she's, he, he's just kind of walking around the house, having a conversation with her. And meanwhile, we see her the whole time rocking her legs in bed. And I knew exactly what that meant. As soon, yep. as, she started, as, soon as she lifted her legs, I was like, oh my gosh. And he doesn't <laughs> notice for the longest time. That is hilarious. And then he says, what are you doing, yoga? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, it makes it easier to kidding? get And he just spits drink out because it's just, it was really so weird. So uncomfortable and weird. Well, if you didn't even wear a condom, I mean, come on. <laughs> Did anyone know? Did you guys know what she was doing? Or I kind of knew that she was doing it, but I was wondering why. You know, it seemed like why is she trying to get pregnant with him? Did anyone else think it was yoga before you guys did before she well, said it? She sent him to that doctor. She just she wanted. She oh, wanted. is that? I didn't put that together. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I had a different theory about that. Yeah, you got him to drop. That's why he dropped because he just went for him getting punched in the face, and then he so wants him to drop, drop his pants. pants, and he's like, "What?" But that's I, why. I had, a, I had a different theory about that that is probably just bullshit now, but I'll say it anyway. But I was confused because that, you know, in that scene, he's like, oh, it's my jaw. And then the, and it ends with the doctor saying, can you just slip off your shorts? And the dude looks confused. He's like, just slip off your shorts. And then it cuts to him in the car and that uh, Creedence Clearwater song is playing uh, out oh. my back door. And for me, oh. <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, oh, no. And the whole time that he's in the car in that in that shot, I'm trying to think: is he happy about what just happened at the doctor's <laughs> office, or was it upsetting? I'm not sure how he feels about it, but the song seems to imply it was maybe unpleasant for him. That's right. Oh yeah. 
So can I uh, point out one thing about what I was looking for in the movie while we were watching it? Because you know we're you know we're this this podcast is planning to be released on uh, St. Patrick's Day week or whatever, and you know trying to figure out like okay how could this fit into that theme? Um, in the beginning, I was noticing, and maybe it was subconsciously, I was noticing a lot of green, like Tara Reed's nail polish and the toenail polish oh, was yeah. all green. Yeah. And the other people were wearing green things. And I was like, okay. But I was like, you know, that might be a stretch. But then when the detective opens the door and talks to the dude and is like, sorry, so brother Seamus. And I was like, wait, we're getting Irish all of a sudden. We have St. Patrick's Day. So then I was like, I got a little lost with that exchange of like why he said Seamus. So I looked it up and actually Seamus is an old slang word for a detective. So when he thought that the dude was a PI, he's like, oh, you're a brother, Seamus. But I was like, okay, totally. There's like the green and Seamus. I was like, there we go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That was my Shame plan. us oh. for not picking up on that. Shame <laughs> us. <laughs> not me, though, because I was the one who just brought it up. We say that that's in our house a lot, and she knew it was in the movie, so that's why she did. Yeah. It's just a thing we said. We do? <laughs> Um, did you all also know that a few years ago they released a spin-off movie with John Tortora's character? Yes. Jesus did Rules. They? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's real? I thought that was a faked out poster by a fan. No, the movie itself is real. I actually watched the trailer right after we watched I watched the movie. Um it has a twenty percent rotten tomato score, so I mean take do what we, you want. Do we learn that. if he's really um, a pedophile or not? Oh well he's coming out of prison. I don't know what he, he was in prison for. I don't know. Peter, what did he call him? A Peter, e- Peter East? Uh, <laughs> I know he said, I know that's what he was trying to say, but then his friend, the <laughs> other guy's like, what's a Peter East? <laughs> Donnie. Shut up, Donnie. <laughs> Stop that's us. my new, um, shut up, Meg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the random thought that they must have saved money on Donnie's urn type thing because wasn't it some like big coffee like canister thing or something yeah they just yeah. went to the store that raises okay i i may be wrong on this but i got a little freaked out because i decided to finally it's been i i put it off for far too long but i'm finally watching the last the third and final season of american gods and so i after i watched lebowski i put that on and I'm watching the first couple of episodes and uh, one of the characters keeps having these dream sequences, like visions of being in a convenient, uh, like a supermarket. And I noticed some of the signage and, and, uh, and so then, um, oh, also somebody who, um, sorry, somebody who stars in Big Lebowski, uh, the, the head of the nihilists, his name is Peter Stormare. He's a pretty famous actor too, actually. I've heard of him, yeah. He, uh, so uh, he's actually in American Gods. So I saw him in one scene and the next thing I see this supermarket vision in Ralph's is, I think it was Ralph's. And uh, Ralph's is what John Goodman says uh, to the guy when he's trying to sell him the urn. He's like, is there a Ralph's near here? So that he can just go buy a can of Folgers to put the ashes in. (laughs) And my my mind was like, what the funk is happening right now? (laughs) It was just connected too hard to everything else I was doing. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny but i'm not totally sure that it was a ralph's in american gods 
But he does say Ralph's in Big Lebowski, right? He's like, is yeah, that he does. And that's the only uh, form of ID that the dude has when he's. Oh, that's he's I got didn't a Ralph. Oh, that. Ralph's, uh, oh. Uh, um, okay. Wasn't John Goodman in a movie called King Ralph? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's not good. It's <laughs> kind <laughs> of fun, though. <laughs> I mean, John Goodman can do no wrong. Maybe the rest of the movie is bullshit, but John Goodman is always a genius. Yeah. I know you um, love Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Love it. And I know you love the soundtrack. Yes. I um, kind of got some vibes from that. What's the same direction? Well, I, yeah. well no, yes, I know that. I'm talking about the soundtrack. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. How the movie, how the, the music kind of plays into yeah. it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. It's the Coen brothers do a really good job with that. And yeah. It's music's a big part of it for sure. That's that's also very Tarantino. So to Kia's point earlier. Yep. And I really, I really old James Gunn too for Guardians of the Galaxy and, and now Peacemaker, yeah. the series on HBO Max. I really like directors that are very serious about music. Because I, I honestly think that all my favorite movies, a big part of why they're my favorite movies is the music. Whether it's score or soundtrack, it's like the music makes it really fun. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So and brothers, do, they do a good they, job. They do they, a good job of, of weaving it together. And it's, um, to Derek's point, I think when you've got a soundtrack or a score that really enhances the movie, it, it kind of kicks it up two or three levels and it can take okay. it from a good movie to a really, really great movie. It's a great and movie. Personality. Like bad music, it would make it awful. <laughs> like if you had. <laughs> I'm very fascinated by that because I know I've heard of some filmmakers who've had to um, like when they're first editing like the first draft of a movie they put uh, they have to put other music underneath certain scenes because they don't know if they'll get the rights to one thing or another Uh, and I wonder like what does that like look like or sound like because we always we always see the final product but there are versions possibly out there of a lot of movies where they've had to put other music underneath stuff Mm -hmm. just so they can get an idea of what they're building it must be very strange. What was that sound? I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. <laughs> We're still recording, so that's why. the message through Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? Okay. We can see Eric. Uh, I mean, because the pictures are, I mean, we see you, but it's very small. Are you drinking white and, Russian? In front there of go. the bowling alley. Yes, I have yeah, a cup no, Okay, there we go. It's the last one. Because <laughs> I, I love I, that I he drinks white Russian because that seems to be a very random, it's like the perfect drink. It's because it's- It is um, not the perfect drink. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the dude it is because if it were anything else like i mean if he were just like oh i want a martini or oh yeah for sure for no the, martini wouldn't for, work yeah or it, any it's it's like a coffee you know it's yeah, just it's kind it's of a good. relaxed drink sure yeah um, it's basically the thinking man's dessert drink and sounds like the dude you kept calling it a caucasian <laughs> so i have another surprising cast member uh it'll probably be most surprising for eric that you didn't see this or realize it but one of mod's thugs do you know who it was played by yes i do oh okay because i was going to reveal that later oh okay so i will right now go for it so madonna right was not the thug no (laughs) (laughs) that would have been incredible though uh ray of light era madonna 1998 (laughs) uh no um so um 
<laughs> so, you know, Madonna has children. I don't know if you know anything about her life, but her oldest child is Lourdes mm-hmm. Leon. Yes. Yeah. Lourdes's father is, was Madonna's personal trainer and sometimes actor Carlos Leon. Carlos Leon is the thug that punches him when uh, Julianne Moore steals the rug. rug. Yeah. Oh. That's Madonna's baby daddy. Okay. That. Oh, wow. Did, okay. did you all think that the character, her, um, her, I forget what his, what he did, but the guy that kept laughing that's that, Lucas. Oh, that's Harry David Thewlis. Yeah. He's really good too. I thought that was such a weird character. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. That's um, that's Lupin from the Harry that's, Potter movie. Yeah, oh, and he was in. I, he was the lead in Island of Doctor Moreau. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, and I just saw him. Uh, just I think it was. Uh, was it a twenty twenty movie? I think. Um. I'm thinking of ending things. I don't know if you guys saw that, uh, but he he played the father in that. Really incredible. He was he was the mother was Tony Collette and he was the father. He's very good. I love Tony, Tony Collette. That's great. <clears throat> was this one of his first movies too? Because it's such a small part. He barely even has lines. He just he has to be laughs. weird and giggly. Yeah. Laugh very. <laughs> Also, does Sam Elliott always play the same kind of character? Yes. Because <laughs> I was thinking of him when I'm watching it, and I was like, okay, he's basically just like this in Parks and Rec. And isn't he kind of similar to that in Grace and Frankie? Yeah. And also and 1883 in Yellowstone. <laughs> and he, and, he, and he's on Family Guy now as the new mayor. And they drew the character to look just like him. And he's this crazy <laughs> cowboy character. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It made me wonder, like when I was watching this, because I've seen him in a lot of stuff, but when I was watching this, this time, I remember thinking, is Sam Elliott even an actor? Or did he just kind of like accidentally fall into film and people just keep casting him and he's like, cool, I'll do it. Because he's he just an actual crush. cowboy. That he's just, just, yeah, he's just a cowboy. He just seems too <laughs> fucking cool for any of this, you know? Yeah. Can we talk about that character though? It was cool. How do you guys interpret the strength <laughs> What is the purpose of that? What what is the What if he was never there? What if it was all in the dude's mind? <laughs> Maybe he was I God. Thought, I thought it was weird. They're sitting, I've never, I mean, I I guess I bet to a bowling alley that has a bar. It just seems like a weird place to sit and hang out, right? That's what that is true. Do. I don't know if I've ever seen a bowling alley with a that kind of a bar. Oh, Fahad, uh, we uh-uh. did his birthday at one that had a full bar, like, just like that. Well, at a bar that you can sit at? Like, you're at a bar? I don't remember if there were stools, but... No, that's what I was I was talking about. Like, at a bar, you sit at, like, you know, cheers. Like, this is where people go and... No, no but, but minus the stools, it was a full, like, impressive right. bar. Like, and you, But I, I just remembered waiting in line to get a drink there. I don't remember if there were seats at the bar, but I think there probably were. Did I don't know. Bar? I anyway, know. I mean, yeah, we went to a bowling alley just like the, the modern bowling alleys. So. Yeah. Bolero. Bolero. Bolero, yeah. Bolero. It seems like a weird place that you wouldn't go sit. If you weren't bowling, I mean, was he wasn't bowling. He was just sitting at the bar. He And what <laughs> is he? It was the closest bar. Well, maybe maybe Fahad's right. Maybe he's not real. 
Ah. Yeah, maybe it's just all in the dude's head. Maybe all of this was an acid flashback. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. The cowboy is something he imagined in the 70s. Maybe he passed out when he was being slammed into the toilet in the beginning of the movie. And yeah. all this is just a hallucination or a dream that he had. Oh, by the way, I love that, um, like, five minutes into that scene of the toilet boil dunking, he digs his sunglasses out of there. Oh, I know. That's, that's another really subtle joke. Cause I mean, I didn't even realize that there were sunglasses in the toilet, but then he's just like putting them back on. I'm like, what? No. no. <laughs> anyway, the stranger. So he starts our movie. He narrates, he's talking about how much he loves the dude and how great the dude is. <laughs> LA is a crazy place. And, and, uh, and then he ends it, and I just, uh, it was, it's, it's probably the most bizarre thing in this movie. Yeah. And I, I don't know if anyone understands it better than me. I would love to. No, I, I, I think I it's just another, you know, there's no point. <laughs> no point to anything. What is, have y'all ever heard of them calling beer, what do you say, oat, oatmeal soda or oatmeal butter? Oat soda. <laughs> I never heard of that before, somebody saying that for beer. But they don't I say it in this movie, do they? He, yeah. he, we said just end, one point, but it, at it the was... very end, when right when Sam Elliott's right there, yeah. Oh, I uh, I looked it for it and I did not hear it. Passing. An oat soda. Well, if you look for it, you won't hear it. You have to listen for it. Uh, well, you know, looking. I, <laughs> I'm I joking. Listen, I look to listen. It helps. <laughs> it does all my senses work together in in you know combination? Your spidey senses. <laughs> Uh, on The Stranger, I will say that uh, the movie opens with, uh, it's very Western, like a Western. I mean, they use Western for the titles, there's the tumbleweeds in the desert until they come upon LA. And uh, a part of the point of that, I think, is that uh, it's, it, you know, there's the old West, you know, there's Manifest Destiny, there's, you know, all that part of America. But LA, uh, as, as much as people might think of LA in a certain way, it exists in that West. And so you, you can, so the movie kind of starts with, oh, this old West cowboy kind of thing. And then here's the city. <laughs> and I, I think that's part of the point too, because the whole thing has a little bit of a wild West attitude about it. And I guess the, the cowboy, the stranger, he's sort of that old, um, maybe he's a spirit from the old West. And he's saying, uh, I really love the dude because the dude has the same attitude that we had as, 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 you know, uh, pioneers out here just you know take life as it comes you know take it easy uh, although you know he doesn't have the work ethic that any of those people have but <laughs> but it's like sort of like uh or maybe maybe the message is you know this is what the west has become you have you got the cowboys now you have the dude <laughs> and is that is that really good uh, like is that a, a a good progression for america those are my theories yeah i'd say so yeah i mean they, I they well, not not to get off on that tangent, but yeah, if, if the whole thing is the West and, you know, when men were men were men and men were manly men, and then there's this whole part about him being castrated throughout the movie. They, he has flashbacks or he has visions of people chasing him with scissors. And it's like, oh, well, you're not... You're, going to be less of a guy and then you know that kind of ties into the in the west during expansion uh, they're macho kind of manly men and then you've got the dude who just kind of sits around and 
smokes weed and you know gets his head dunked in toilets <laughs> that that is a good segue to something i forgot i wanted to talk about but it's it's a very very male yeah. movie to be honest with you it's we only play. have a very male movie no oh. we only have two female characters uh one of them is just Tara Reed's like bimbo trophy wife character. That's really not good representation for women. No. Uh, and then we have Julianne Moore's character who I absolutely love. Like watching her perform that, she's a genius. It's so perfect. And, uh, but you know, she's like, she's naked at one point for, you know, barely any reason. And she, you know, she's a, she's a feminist. positive vibe. And, and it's like, I don't know if that's really the best representation either. And the rest of it is yeah. just guys. Except for the lady that didn't have her, her pinky toe. Oh yeah, the girlfriend, the nihilist girlfriend. That and that's not good either because she's got these three nihilist guys with her and somehow they can put a cut off her toe. She likes the bad boy. I mean, Jesus, they should cut off one of their toes and paint it green. Like <laughs> somebody's gonna recognize the pinky toe of a man versus a woman. Well, where do you think Walter was? Where do you think Walter was thinking he could get a toe so quickly? The morgue, <laughs> a cemetery, or obviously <laughs> lying. Walter <laughs> bothers me. I don't know. You you could probably break into a morgue or dig one up. You just have to figure out which is the freshest grave. <laughs> <That's so laughs> if they did that scene, I guarantee you how it would have happened. John Goodman would have taken the dude to some alley to some hobo he knows, and he would have cut it off some hobo while he was oh. passed out and said, that's how you do it. And they would have gotten into some crazy situation created by Walter that they'd have to run from screaming. That's what would have happened. Sorry, he bothers me. I love John Goodman, and he, he plays well. But Walter, I was like, just shut the hell up. Why well, was like? Well, so was the dude. I love Walter. He's my favorite character. He's so funny. Say, dude, where is your car? He's so he's he's giving he's eulogizing Donnie, and he starts talking about how they lost good men in Nam, and it's just. So fun. Hill 34, like it's just <laughs> talking about. And he just goes on and on about Shabbos and how he has oh, to be home yeah. for Shabbos. <laughs> and he, he was, yeah, that was so that. fucking that was funny. Uh, what was Takia? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, what's his purpose in terms of, was he a, he a PFT, PTSD or something? That's why he was always pulling his gun out. That yeah. one shoots gun. He's just well, obsessed with Vietnam. Yeah. Well, no, okay. there's a there's a personality type that he fits, and it's very hard to describe. But you, I'm sure we've all like run into it, even in real life. And the internet is full of people like him. They're all <laughs> trying to like uh, they're they're very inauthentic. They want everyone to think a certain thing about them, so they play up a lot of stuff. So Walter plays up like the, the Vietnam thing. It's his whole personality. He's still holding on to the Jewish thing, even though his marriage is dead for five years. You know, it's like, you know, he's just things for him to sort of like be a part of conversations with people about and to take control of conversations with people about. So it's very internet troll behavior. <laughs> I like think he's probably- Or there were internet trolls. Before, yeah, before they I even, was, I think he probably was one of my favorite characters though, because I, I like we bought the ferret in or something. It was a little animal he bought in. No, that that was the nihilists. Yeah, the nihilists. Uh, John Goodman. He was on the bathroom bowling bowling alley. He brought his the dog. The ferret was the nihilists. The ferret was in the bathtub. I was so mad when he threw the poor ferret into the bathtub. I was like, 
That was a crazy scene. I was, <laughs> that carrot was going. Wait a minute, but the so the Niles bought the, the the animal to a bowling alley. I thought are you sure it was the dog. That was a dog. John Goodman brought the, the dog. dog. That's yeah. why I thought it was funny. Right? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Wasn't a ferret. It was yeah. Okay, I didn't know. I, that's why I was like with a question mark. Uh, ferret. I didn't know what it was, but that's what I thought. I thought it was funny. He bought an animal into the bowling alley, like, like uh, some of the random stuff he does during that, through, through the movie. I thought that was pretty funny. It was, like, was an actual. Ferret. <laughs> it was. It was actual dog. Yeah. I'm no, sorry. there was an actual ferret in the movie. <laughs> oh well, yeah. it, it's just funny that you thought it was a ferret, even though it was a dog. But it's just funny because there <laughs> actually was a ferret in the movie as well. Whatever they threw into the bathtub, that was obviously not a dog. I, I, was, I, was, thought, I thought I was thinking of a ferret. No, that was a snake. But was, I'm kidding. Was, <laughs> I know that. Okay. Did you attention. guys? Did you guys wonder if it was really the ferret in the bathtub? Because I kept staring at the bathtub scene thinking, is that really the ferret spinning around or is it some I sort thought, of effect with like a furry, I don't know, I was, gizmo? Yeah. There was some, there was some weird shadowing and outline. <laughs> I've noticed some kind of weird shadowing and outlining, but I don't think they really threw the ferret in there. I don't think yeah, no. I, thought, I, I hope not. But I was like, it, it looked like it was superimposed on it. Um, the outlining I saw kind of reminded me of the outlining you see, like on the bird in the movie, The Birds. You know where it's like they just kind of put the bird in there, like attacking them, but it's not really there. Sure, sure. Well, that's uh, yeah. The outlining you're talking about, that's where like um, the lighting of shooting the the each moment doesn't match because they didn't do it in the same circumstances, and you can. That's almost always my problem with CGI is the lighting is what really takes you out of it. Like if it doesn't look like it's really happening in a, a real environment and when they superimpose an image on something like the birds on Tippy Hedren, you can tell the lighting is not the same because you, so you can tell it's not in the same room with her. So it's just like less, although I will say the birds is still kind of frightening to me. I mean, I think it's still very, very good despite those. I can look beyond it. <laughs> Sorry, ramble. Two, the birds? Two Caucasians. Love that movie. It's, it's that's, super that's a good one. <laughs> we should. Oh, have. Oh, we have done Hitchcock. We've done Rear Window. Okay. Rear oh, we, we should do uh, just Hitchcock from here on out. Does anyone else have anything that they want to add, or should we go ahead and do our? <laughs> we close each episode with the recast game where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead, to portray a character in the film instead. First up is I'm gonna go with Fahad. <laughs> okay, so I often go with movies as if they were being remade today. So I went with that choice again. Um, I decided that this was such an outrageous kind of movie with outrageous types of characters. So I decided to go with an outrageous actor. And that would kind of change this role a bit. But I just think the absurdity of how he might portray the role would kind of be fun in a remake of this movie. So I decided to recast the big Lebowski with um, Tracy Morgan. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> I like that. I can see him really playing up that role and playing into it, just that absurdity that he always brings to anything he does. So I like that's, that. I think that'd be really good, actually. Um, yeah, to update, you know, the movie and also, you know, for diversity and to and to and Tracy Morgan. I, I've seen him play characters where just things happen to him and he just has to deal with it, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, I, it would be interesting to see him dealing with it as opposed to Jeff Bridges. 
No, no, no. I'm actually saying for the, the big, big Lebowski. The, the... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going more of like random. Yeah. Oh, you want him to be in the wheelchair? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder I if it's because I've already seen him in the wheelchair in that. <laughs> there was that pair. What? He's too young to be in a wheelchair. <laughs> Uh, and, the, and there was a parody movie about superhero movies years ago. Forgot what it was called, but he parodied Professor X. So for some reason, I just kept on seeing that, like with him sitting in the wheelchair. And I was like, okay, I can see him being an absurd kind of thing. And especially being picked up and thrown on the ground. Like, oh, you probably can walk kind of a thing. And was that in this movie? Yes, no, it was. Okay. I was like, I watched something else where somebody was thrown out of <laughs> Oh, I did. I did. I literally watched something else where somebody was thrown out of a wheelchair. I'm I was sorry. rewatching. What was it? I was, well, no, I was rewatching. You guys are going to laugh. The X Men animated series from the 90s. And uh, a character named Morph was pretending to be Professor X. And um, they threw something and he like fell out of the wheelchair and then threw something at him and he stood up and they're like, oh, you're not really Professor X. So then I thought I was just mixing that in with Big Lebowski, but then I was like, no, he didn't. But I have definitely seen other live action stuff where, where people have done that, where they've said, they've insisted somebody in a wheelchair was faking and just uh, pulled them out of it. I yeah. I remember what it is. I, yeah. Uh... And now I wonder, did, Le did, did, did Big Lebowski start that? Like, is that, has it been an homage every single time? I feel like there was some 80s movie where they did something like that. I can't remember what it was. But I feel like there's some, yeah. All right, well, then I'm going to go, I'm going to go out of order. I'm going to go to Kia. Okay, so I had a black and white version of Maud. <laughs> so I'm kind of doing some little difference tonight because I couldn't decide. So I was like, okay. Maud Ma would play by a, a white woman. I chose Charlize Theron. I've seen her in, um, in Fast and Furious and some other stuff. So she's kind of had some versatile roles. Mm -hmm. And for the uh, for a Black female, I was thinking Halle Berry. Same thing. I've seen her in some versatile roles as well. I started it with the little mushroom, the little yeah. mushroom and everything. And I yeah. thought it'd be kind of fun to, yeah. So I've seen her play quirky roles before. She kind of, she kind of plays in everything. So yeah, I would like to see Halle Berry with that role. Just like yeah. imagining a scene where she's putting her legs up and stuff like, and just yes, <laughs> her yes. response when he asked, are you doing yoga? Like, that'd be funny to see Halle Berry do that. Yes, kind of. that's what I thought about. Yes, those are my people. Black version or white version, yes. <laughs> well, it's not your turn no, yet. No, that's not her turn yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying it's not your turn yet. <laughs> Ruth. Okay, so I was gonna um, recast the dude's character and, um, he just kept on making me think of Kurt Russell. He just reminds me of him so much. So I was wondering, I thought, I thought of him. So maybe. Um, see that. Yes. Oh, yeah. I thought I'd like to see what kind of dynamic he would bring. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, I, I would, I, I would guess that Kurt Russell and Jeff Bridges fought for roles. Yeah. In, in many. Yeah. I think so. But yeah, I think he would be good. All right. I'm gonna pick Eric. <laughs> oh, Stuart! I love, she's like looking at you like, nope. <laughs> I forgot to tell you. I was. I forgot. Okay, I am going to recast Bunny Lebowski, played in this movie by Tara Reid, because I felt like it was very throwaway. 
uh, and she doesn't um, add much to it just by her mere presence. So I was thinking of somebody who would add something to it just by her mere presence. And I wanted to use uh, Tracy Lords. I, I don't know if anybody knows her. But okay. I know. Yes. Tracy Lords was a Oh, she was also a porno actress yeah. at a yes. very, very young age, like a yeah. not okay yeah. age. There were, there were court cases and a lot of scandal because people couldn't uh, prove she whether in, she was or she was not at her age when she made the movies. Johnny Depp. Um, baby yes, Crybaby. Crybaby. Yep. John Waters, my favorite director. Yes, she's actually a very, very good, very good actress. Uh, so she trans, so I felt like for, for the character Bunny, she kind of, uh, she straddles the line. Like she, she, she's believable as somebody who was in porn. <laughs> <laughs> she also she also would add some some kind of interesting depth and also context to the character of Bunny. So in the few short moments we see her, I thought that would be that would have been that much interesting. Is good because I I I couldn't think I wanted to recast her, but I couldn't think of anybody. So I did the Big Lebowski as well, but I thought John Lithgow would be a good. Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. Big That's Lebowski. Really cool. That would be good. Yeah. Because I love how uh, it, when John Lithgow acts, I love how he re, uh, I love his um, his righteous indignation. Yes, like, I've seen him do that in films, like when he's like, "What?" You know? Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. How dare you? And that would have been hysterical. I love. I think he's awesome. My favorite um, that I've ever seen him in was Dexter. What was that season three? <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah. And Takia, he was also in Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> we mentioned that earlier. And Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Uh, what, was, what was his killer's name? What was his killer's name in uh, Dexter? I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. The Trinity. He was the Trinity. Uh, the Trinity. Trinity. Yes. Yeah. He was nice. also in Raising Cain. Remember that yeah. movie? Yep. Was he was he the guy in the remake of the Twilight Zone movie or whatever? Where was he the one who was sitting oh, in the airplane and sees the goblin thing on the wing? Yes, yes. Uh, oh wow. That's uh, and also he's in the new pet cemetery taking over Ed Gwynn's. Right. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. And he killed that too. Mm -hmm. I love him. He's he's a like all right, Stuart, do you have a recast? All right. So I'm I'm just trying to come up with this off the cuff. Um, I've, I've thought about this for a very long time. Um, I think, you know, looking at John Goodman, he was quite good in this, but I think Danny McBride would do a good job playing that role where he can be kind of over the top and irritating, but like he, he also has the acting chops. He was in Alien, he did a really good job where he can actually have a little bit of depth to him and maybe add something in that that way but being able to just be funny, be funny and really get aggressive with steve buscemi i, I think he'd do a good job with that he, he was in eastbound and down right he was and he's on he's actually righteous. on a show with john goodman called righteous gemstones oh i need uh, to watch that i'm it's on it's, my queue exception but i but i'm picturing his character in eastbound and down and i'm like that's that's basically walter right yeah 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 i mean it just this it. loud obnoxious can't stop cursing just over the top uh you know self-obsessed guy and 
I, I think he'd be able to pull it off pretty well. Perfect. All right, I think everybody went, right? So we can rate the movie. Um, quarter points. Quarter it's points are allowed. Points. Okay. Yes, apparently quarters are allowed. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a contentious issue for was, 25. No, was 20. this an issue? <laughs> no, but I, oh. I insisted on quarter points. They've benefited us all. So, like usual, everybody, open up your chat, put in your rating, but don't hit enter. Uh, and I'll count down from five. Or will he mess up the? Uh, you can, the can give a guest rating. Um, yes, we, won't guest we won't factor it into the whole thing, but he can give us his guest rating. Sorry, Stuart. <laughs> Um, but uh, when I when I get to zero, uh, hit enter on the on the row. Hit enter on the row part of zero. So put your thumbs up when you're ready. No. <laughs> no. no. Oh. I was he put a seven. <laughs> <laughs> so the ratings are zero to five. <laughs> a seven. <laughs> 5.25, cause quarters are allowed. Burps. <laughs> and then I'll do, and I will do. Everyone do a duck face like Bahag. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Ruth, nice one. <laughs> good, okay, so All when right. I get down to zero, hit enter on the row. On the row. On the row. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Oh, you started at five. We only do three to zero. I decided to go to five for no reason at all. So long. <laughs> all right. Would you like me to read them to you? Yes, please. Okay. Fahad, 3.5. Eric, 3.75. Takia, three. One, one second. Sorry. Okay. Takia's what? Three. Okay. Ruth, three. Okay. Shelly, four. Awesome. And guest reading Stuart, he gives it 4.25. 4.25. Right. Okay. Uh, they even have the um, so... can on there. <laughs> what? On the movie. Oh, yeah. They have yeah. the well, folders can on there. There's Donnie. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Although that, is that's this kind of a spoiler. <laughs> is this Donnie too? He's mm. everywhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, the, uh, they put the pint of uh, milk. The quart, sorry, the quart of heavy cream here. Oh, it's um, cream. No. I forgot to mention, but I really love the way that the movie, that's the first time you see the dude. I was because just thinking he's, that. Yep. He's, he's literally so obsessed with white Russians that he's concerned about the quality of the cream he buys. So he has to open it in the store to smell it to make yes. sure that it's quality. And then he writes a check for it for $69. <laughs> <laughs> Back when he still wrote checks. <laughs> oh my God. I kind of miss checkbooks. I like to I know. pull yeah. it out, you know, when you're a teenager and signing stuff and making your balance and, and it, it felt very adult. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so are the, we ready to announce the or, next? Or, or, or let me, or I was going to give you the overall average. Um, the overall average for the movie was a 3.45. Um, including Stewart's brings it up to a 3.58. Hmm. So that's a solid, okay. solid rating. Solid movie. Untoffered. Yeah. 
if we were a different crowd, it would get fives across the board, but you know. <laughs> sorry. sorry, sorry, Eric. We're non-cultists looking at it objectively. <laughs> All right. So Eric, do you pick the next movie, right? I do. Are you guys ready for this? It's an Eric. Ah, oh, you already you just ruined it. I did. I just blasted <laughs> you with it. Tell so me what it is. Only listening. Uh, I've, I've decided again to pick a movie that's been on my queue for a very long time, but I've never gotten around to. And it's called Box Lux, starring Natalie Portman and Jude Law. Oh. Uh, I love Jude Law. Yes, I love both of them. And there's a lot of other people in this movie that are worth your love. And it, <laughs> it's a movie about uh, a girl who is suffers some terrible trauma. She eventually becomes a huge pop star. And then I think the trauma comes back to to confront her in some way. So that's that's all that I know about it. But I'm very fascinated by this. I can't wait to see Natalie Portman play a pop star. You can see by the picture, she's, you know, like the height of her profession, like Lady Gaga type. So this should be very interesting, but I think it's also a very a deep film. It's, I think it's, it's about trauma. So there's going to be a lot to discuss about what she experiences and, and the state of her life and stuff. So it's available on Hulu. And we just- When was really this confirmed. made? The what? When was it made? Like oh, when did it come out? This is 20, I want to say 17 or 18. Okay. I, should, I should know, but- um, I'll look it up. It's 2018. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stuart. Why don't you read it? You read this. Oh my God. I'm gonna have an anxiety attack. Guest privilege. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do do I just say it? Do I do I go? If you want to take a moment to read it to yourself to see what the words are, feel free. <laughs> Let us all get silent too. Some of us often forget to do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. Until next time, the fogies abide. Everybody, say bye. 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 Goodbye. <laughs> He's okay. making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Can you guys do it in unison? It'll be really creepy. Yeah, read it together. <laughs> Forever and ever. Stop it. Finish okay, each other's ready? sandwiches. <laughs> that was good, Stuart. You're a natural. Exactly. Oh. I, I'm very good at reading prepared statements. Thank you. <laughs>